Welcome to the archive section. These are some of the first shows that I ever did as a podcaster. And back then, I was so new. I just had a phone. I had zero idea what I was doing. But I decided to jump in with both feet, start my own podcast. And as you will see through this archive section, I start off a little rough. But as the episodes go on, you can tell that I started to get a little more confident, started to gain a footing. And it kind of is a really cool way for me to come back, listen to these episodes, just to see where it all started for me and how I got better as I went along. So I decided, instead of deleting all these old episodes, why not put them in an archive section so even you guys can check them out and just, you know, have a great time listening to some of these older episodes. And don't forget, though, to start checking out the newer stuff that I'm posting because I am going to be posting often. And I have some amazing guests that I interview in these upcoming shows. We talk about so many different important topics. So I hope that you check out uh, my channel often because I will be uploading a lot of great stuff. So thank you guys for all your support. And please enjoy this archive section. Well, holy shit, there you go. A little bit of kiss. And let me tell you, that is the band that totally fucking captured my imagination when I was so young. When I was like, it must have started when I was about fucking six years old when my brother brought that album home. Brought a bunch of kiss albums home and he slapped that son of a bitch on the turntable. And oh, my life was never the same after that. And I just want to welcome everybody. This is Crypt Rick in person. And this is a happy episode. Episode 10. Can you believe that we made it to episode 10, people? I never thought that I would have even made it to episode like three. But I'm just having a great time doing these podcasts. Love telling everybody my thoughts. Love getting emails with all of your guys' opinions and your comments and encouragement. It's a great thing. You want to send me an email, it's not hard. Just cryptricktattoos at yahoo.com. It's that simple. You don't want to email me, that's fine. Go on Instagram, search under cryptricktattoos, follow me on there, send me a direct message. You got an idea for a show, I'm all for it. We can do, uh, do an interview together if you want. If you want to leave me some comments on the podcast, some ideas you want me to talk about, I'm game for it all. But this episode, since it is a special episode, I mean, I know it's not big to most podcasters. They've done hundreds of these fuckers. But for me, episode 10 is a little milestone. Proud to have got here. So happy with all you listeners that are tuning in and listening to my episodes. It means the world to me. I can't do it without you guys. So please, if you enjoy this podcast, even just a little teensy-weensy, or you love it and you can't wait to hear my next episode, please... Just fucking share this episode with your friends, tell them about it, and that's how we're going to grow this podcast, is word of mouth, and that's what I want. I want people to be here and enjoy themselves, as I've always said, this is a safe, awesome fucking podcast, I welcome everybody into my crypt, my fucking little dark world, pull yourself up your favorite tombstone, dust that motherfucker off, sit your ass down, and let's talk truth. Now I know... For the last, like, nine episodes, we've been going deep, 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 deep. I've been talking about a lot of shit that's been going on in the world and my observations, things I think about, and I said there is no fucking way that I'm doing that for episode 10. Episode 10 is going to be a fun episode. It's going to be an episode that I just, you know, if I don't get a whole pile of people listening to it and all that kind of shit, that's fine. This one's for me, and I want just to talk about music and I'm and the power of healing when it comes to music and how much it can change somebody's life and I speak of that in that firm and that uh, so seriously like that because I it's it it done it for me and there is nothing like putting on your favorite band and cranking it up and just fucking letting that music take you to wherever you want it just I love the memories that come flooding in when you put a certain song on. 
I love the feeling it gives you. Your fucking chest starts fucking. Your blood pumping. You want to beat your chest. You know, I mean, at least with the music I listen to. That's what it makes me want to do. And uh, I tell you, it definitely changed my life. And I'll explain that a little bit. Because I know you're saying, Kriprick, how the fuck did music change your life? You know, it's just fucking music. Well, let me tell you. I wasn't always a long-haired fucking stone and headbanger. No. Little baby Crip Rick was raised on a fucking healthy dose of, let me tell you, oh my God, like my dad was into that old country shit, you know, and can you fucking hear that, people, the phone ringing in the background? I'm telling you, I could be sitting at home for three fucking, three days solid, and that phone will never ring. And as soon as I start doing my podcast, there you go. You got the fucking phone ringing. And you know it's going to be some fucking survey or some bullshit fucking that's not important interrupting my podcast. And I'm sure now after I uh, finish this podcast, that fucking phone won't ring for another freaking three days. So I do apologize for that. But hey, like I say, this is fucking gorilla. uh podcasting. We're in the trenches here. We're in the, we got no high budget here. We're just... Got a man with a laptop, his microphone, and he's just talking truth and telling you how his day's going. I had a great day today. Before I get into the music and uh, my story about, you know, how the music, my journey went, I had a great day today. Got up, fuck, 8 o'clock in the morning. So felt, you know, in a lot of pain, but I got my medications into me, my C, my CBD and stuff like that. Got into a hot shower. Smoked half a joint, fucking loosen up the... I have to do it, guys. I know a lot of people are probably listening to this going, Oh, you yeah, fucking pothead. I'm sorry, guys, but that is like the... It's like the grease and the oil in my joints. And uh, I've earned a fucking right to smoke that shit. Because I'm telling you, if I didn't smoke it, I don't think half the days I could get out of bed. It is that drastic of a change when I, when I actually smoke a little bit. And I'm not talking get fucking stoned out of your mind so your ass is macrameed into the couch and... You're drooling all of yourself. You got, you know, I'm not that kind of shit. I'm not that bad. I do my CBD drops that I put in my coffee in the morning. Smoke a half a joint. Just enough to get everything loosened up. Hop in the shower. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to go grab myself a coffee with my buddy. And we went uh, to the Home Depot. Got some wood glue. I know you guys are thinking now, what the fuck? Does, what do you need? What are you building, Crip Rick? It ain't like you're no fucking carpenter. So what the fuck you need wood glue for? Well, let me tell you. If you guys listened to any of my last podcast, I started collecting vinyl again. So, you know, I I went to my brother's place because that's where all my vinyl was. And I just want to say that, you know, my brother is a lot of things, but keeping uh, a master of keeping vinyl clean and protecting it, that he is fucking not. And these records, when I went and got my records... They've probably been in his in his possession for they have been in his possession for twenty years, because I never I haven't had them through my whole marriage and I've been married to my to my wife for twenty years so he's probably had them for like at least twenty five years and they were in rough shape oh my god they are in rough shape fucking dirty and I don't know how the fuck you get I, you know I was going through the albums and checking them and. This will bring around why I went to the, you know, you're wondering why I went and got wood glue, but uh, if you don't know, you use the fucking wood glue, and if you go on YouTube, you can see that you, people do a deep clean with vinyl with wood glue. You fucking paint that shit on your fucking vinyl, let it dry for a day, and then you peel that shit off, and you should see your album looks fucking brand new. They cleans it that well. So that is why I went today and got wood glue, because... As my story's going along here, as I'm telling you, these these albums are in rough shape, man. Like, some of them weren't too bad. The ones that still had the sleeves on them and the inner sleeves, I mean, and they were kind of protected. But a lot of them, I mean, how the fuck do you get rocks and shit in your fucking album sleeves is what I'd like to know. I was dumping rocks and shit out of them. And some of them were scratched up. Like, I swear to God, he was doing fucking rap or somebody was doing rap scratches on these fucking things. Like, some of them are just, you could put on 20 fucking pounds of wood glue, peel it off, and you ain't gonna fix these fuckers. But I figure now that albums, you know, for a brand new album, you're paying 30 bucks a pop. And for a good second hand one, you're paying 20, 25. 
that's what they're charging so i figured i'm gonna try to at least all the ones i thought could be salvaged that didn't look too bad i'm gonna try to do the wood glue treatment on them and give them a listen and see if i can save some of them because you know i probably got about 20 albums i gotta clean and uh that's saving me a lot of money and the other ones i'm just gonna have to you know keep in the collection but not listen to them because they're just fucked up and then replace them as i go so that was my day today and it was awesome so that's what i did today cleaned up my tattoo shop got it all clean ready for the week and uh painted some albums which is fucking you know painting albums with wood glue that is some relaxing shit it's like a craft project <laughs> sit there and painting and shit fucking but it works amazing i have to say it does work amazing and that's what they used to do fucking and in, in, that's one of the trade secrets i'm telling you right now i'm laying some fucking knowledge on you if you have vinyl that needs a deep cleaning Fucking go to Home Depot or wherever, Walmart, get yourself some good fucking wood glue. Don't skimp on the, get the good shit. And trust me, paint that shit on there and peel that off after it dries. And you're going to see, you're going to say, Crip Rick, fuck, man, you're telling us some truth. Dropping some knowledge. So anyways, as I was going back and telling you, I'm just rambling today. I'm just having a great day. So this podcast is probably going to be up and down and all over the fucking place, but Let's take the ride. As I was saying, I wasn't always the long-haired stoner, fucking ripped jean, skin-tight jean, leather jacket wearing, long fucking hair, uh, headbanger. No, my mom fucking, my mom and dad. Uh, that's the one thing I can say that I wish my parents were more into music. They weren't. My mom, uh, kind of. She was a big Elvis fan. And I'm the first to say that Elvis was a bad motherfucker. I loved listening to his albums when I was a kid. You know, I'd get up there and my, me and my mom be listening to fucking, you know, blue suede shoes and shit. And I'd be shaking my little fucking hips, you know, just giving her fucking, you know, thinking I was Elvis. And my brother, because he, he's seven years older, he thought, he thought, you know, he was fucking Elvis, you know. And he'd slick his fucking hair back and shit. It was fucking hilarious. I used to laugh at him and go, you crazy, you fucking, you're not Elvis, dude. You're not Elvis. So that was cool. My mom listened to Elvis. That's basically all I ever heard her fucking listen to was Elvis and Cher. She's a huge fucking Cher fan, which, you know, Cher's pretty badass too. You know, I'm not going to deny it. She, you know, some of her older shit I definitely listened to. She had my mom's favorite album is that one where she's, you know, the Native American theme. I'm not sure the name of it. Sorry, not like I'm rushing out to buy her albums, but, you know, it was kind of like she was dressed up like an Indian on the cover and shit, and it was a really cool album, and that was my mom, and still is my mom's favorite Cher album. My dad, he listened to basically anything that was on the radio, but you could definitely tell he was more of a country person, which I've never been. I'm not saying nothing wrong to people that do love country. Hey, if you love country, fucking country your heart out. You know, I got, you know, some, if I had to listen to country and I, my brother got into it for a while, ah, you know, the Shania Twain, the Garth Brooks, and he was, my brother got big on that Billy Ray Cyrus, achy, breaky fucking heart. If I ever hear that song again, I'm going to fucking achy, breaky and throw the record out the window or smash it over somebody's fucking head because I can't hear that song ever again. But he was big into that, so I mean, it kind of grows on you when somebody's playing, like, and Garth Brooks has got some good shit, he was more rock country, I called him, and Shania, you know, she's just a hot piece of ass, great voice, but I mean, she was so hot, and that definitely helped with her popularity, you know, and she's from Canada, ah, not too far from where I live, so we breed them well in the cold, but anyways, so that was what I was pretty much subject to, and then disco came around and i mean i'm oh my god i just i don't even want to have to admit that i fucking you know yes 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 i know crip rick used to fucking like when i was little i liked a little bit of the fucking disco but come on guys don't hold it against me I was like four years old. I mean, the shit was catchy. I can't help it. But yeah, the, you know, and I and I blame my brother for that too because he was the one that got us listening to that. 
But I know where it all started because you got to remember when we got to go back, you know, we're talking like 30 years ago. And in my town where I live, where I live back in those days, what it was huge back then was the roller rink. And I know you're saying, oh, Crip Rick, what the fuck? What's a roller rink? Like roller skates. That was huge back then. You know, like you see the roller derby, not that kind, but that those are the type of skates you wore, roller skates. And, you know, they had the roller derby. That was like kind of, they tried to always make that go. Over the years, they've always tried to bring back the roller derby, the female roller derby. It's just never caught on. But this was just like basically you're in a big building and there was a hardwood circle roller rink and with lights and shit and you'd skate around and they had all kinds of different you know skate around and they had a backward skate and couple skating and all that kind of shit but i'm serious it was fucking huge back then like that was the place on the weekend where all the fucking teenagers went and it lasted for fucking years man i mean that's where when i was even 16 15 16 17 that's when we were in like grade 9 and 10 in high school that's where we all went on the weekends friday and saturday night was go to the roller rink but you know as you got older you didn't go to roller skate like i mean i'm talking when i was younger and they had the disco that was big back then all of that radio friendly shit that's all they played there when i was younger so of course it kind of grows on you you wouldn't catch me fucking dead now fucking listen to disco but Hey, I'm honest. I'm being honest. Back then, like I said, I was four years old, five years old. What do you want me to do? And you don't know any better. I just, I like to roller skate. And you just get used to that kind of music. Wouldn't catch me fucking dead listening to it now. But, so, that that's what people, you know, that was what was big back then. And, but I never, and then I remember, I still remember going and i used to when my brother was at school or something like that and i'd always go through his fucking records and shit i'd go in his room and drive him like i mean he just want to kick my ass all the time because i you know when somebody's going through your album collection and then i would you know being that young i would scratch one of his albums and try to fucking deny it when he saw the scratch on it wasn't me it wasn't me man but he knew who the fuck else would be listening to his shit but i started looking in his album collection and that's why I'm saying the 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 band that really grabbed me. There was two that really grabbed me at that age, and I think it was because of their makeup and the way they looked. Like they looked like fucking superheroes back then. You gotta remember, this was not done back then. This was not you know you're not talking Marilyn Manson and you know way before that shit. Kiss was, and I'm talking about Kiss. They were the first fucking band to to have the makeup and the the costumes they all had their own image you know amazing fucking concert light show and explosions going off and fucking loud music and that is what you know that they st that's what they're still known for today they're known for their live show that's what made this band and their look and when you're like six years old and you see that, you're it blows your fucking mind, man. I still remember, I still remember the first album that I ever saw by Kiss, and I still remember seeing it because my mom way back at the day there was a store called Wolco, which was like basically like a smaller Walmart, but back then it was called Wolco. Then she was a she worked in the music department there, and I would go and that you know that's when I saw my first Kiss album, which was Kiss Love Gun. And I remember saying to my mom, I want that album. And my mom's like, fuck you. Like, I am not buying. Like, my mom didn't know what it was. She, But if you look at the cover of that album, you're going to know why my mom was saying Because I was that young going, uh, it ain't going to fucking happen. But then I remember I went down to my brother's room. And I was going through his albums and he had that fucking album. I saw it. And I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, oh my God, my brother's got it. And I, man, it was two seconds and I threw that fucking album on the turntable. And the sound that came out, and that music, it grabbed me, and just, my I, I was speechless. I was like, this is not fucking anything like disco. Like, fuck disco. This is the shit. And that was the big war back in those days. You had, the, you had two sides. You had the fucking disco lovers, and you had the rockers. And fucking, they hated each other. I mean, there was no middle ground. You know, there'd be fights over that shit. Legit fucking fights at concerts and shit. 
And people on the street, if they saw that you were wearing disco fucking clothes or you were the disco type and then you had the headbangers, there would be fucking fights over that shit. And I remember after I heard Kiss that, I put that album on. I never, I, I fucking, I know for a fact I gave away any disco album. I, had my, I gave them all to my little friends. I was like, here, take these fucking things. And that's when I started, that was my journey. And then I, into heavy metal. And then, you know, after seeing Kiss, then, I, and then I'm looking through the albums and I come across Alice Cooper. With his fucking, you know, he's another fucking character. And I was just like, oh my god, like, what the... This is fucking insane. This is amazing. And I remember listening to his music. And I think the first album that, like, I I know the first album that I really... And I brought this up in another podcast. was The first album I ever heard, and I still love it. It's my favorite Alice Cooper. It's a tie between... Uh, probably three Alice Cooper albums. It's definitely Flush to Fashion, which that is the first one I ever heard by Alice Cooper, and I love every song on it. I bought the vinyl. It was the first, one of the first vinyls I bought for my new collection. I couldn't believe it when I was at the record store looking through the secondhand bin, and he had Flush to Fashion and School's Out, the, the two albums. I bought Flush to Fashion. I never thought I would see that in a record store. And then school's out but i told a guy i don't want to buy the school's out because i want to start collecting vinyl and if you, anyone remembers back when school's out from alice cooper came out originally the the sleeve that the album came in like you had your your record sleeve the outer sleeve but the inner sleeve that held the record like you know the plastic one it wasn't plastic it was a pair of women's underwear that's what it, that was his marketing thing back then. And I mean, that was fucking, that was unheard of back then. You know, parents had a fucking shit fit. You know, like, because he had fucking the album in a women's pair of underwear. And the guy told me at the record store that he still gets the odd record in. That the original album with the, still with the panties. And I found out that there's like three colors of panties. There was the blue ones, the pink ones, and the white ones. And I think he said the blue ones... Are the most valuable. That's what people want is the blue. I don't know fucking why. I'll take any color. I don't give a shit. I just want an original out the pressing album that came that has the original underwear in it. You know, and I'm and just for collecting purposes. So I'm gonna hold out. I didn't buy that album. I said I, when you get that ever comes in, hold that fucker. I want it. He says it sells for about a hundred bucks. Fucking, I'm gonna buy it. I don't give a shit. And so and then. That so it was that one flush the fashion and schools out and then uh definitely trash which was his one of his newer that's one of his newer albums not so new now but it's definitely I think it was eighty something I can't remember the exact year it came out in eighty eight eighty nine or something like that I'm probably wrong you know all you Alice Cooper fans are gonna correct me I'm sure but it was around then definitely love every song on that album. And a lot of good memories with that trash album. You know, that was the album that I mean I dating a fucking hot chick back then she was super hot fucking super cool another rocking chick and uh i ain't gonna say her name because she may hear this one day and i don't want to you know embarrass her put her name out there but i mean we used to go in her room and you know there was we used to listen to that album fucking you know over and over again while we made out you know sucking and fucking and just just doing nasty shit to each other and i love it I loved it, man. It was fucking part of my teenage years, and it was amazing. And that was the album. There was the Trash album, and then there was the King Diamond album, which she got, that was the girl that got me into King Diamond. And she used to have the album Fatal Portrait. And uh, that was another album we made out to. And it was fucking amazing. You know how like you that's living man when you're when you're like 16 17 years old and you're laying on a hot chick's bed fucking you guys are butt naked fucking making out and doing all this nasty shit to each other and you got music playing in the background you got some Alice Cooper some King Diamond really at that time in your life was there anything better was there anything better did you want to be anywhere else I know I fucking didn't I mean I'm sure there was some fucking well, bookworm or something, I'd rather be fucking sitting at home reading a book or something. Not me, man. Fuck, I, school was the furthest thing away from my head. I was all about getting my dick sucked and fucking trying to get fucked. That was me at 16 and 17 years old. And that was all my friends, too. 
you know, that's what we wanted to do. You know, that it was all about being cool back then. And that, so those albums, you know, they're going to hold a special place in my heart. What can I say? They bring back great memories. And everybody's got music or an album or a song that, that brings you back to a time like that. And that was, uh, so those were two definitely albums that are amazing. And, and not just for the memories, they were just great albums. But I still remember just having a great time sneaking into my brother's basement. You know, he had a room in the basement. I'd sneak in there when he was not home. Because he was never fucking home. He was always out getting high or drunk or something. So I'd go down there and I'd listen to all his albums. And he started getting all these amazing albums. And that's what introduced me to it. And then I would go and introduce it to my friends and stuff and you know then i didn't they didn't introduce it to their friends and then that's that's why as i said in my first episode i didn't get along with anybody in public school and i went to this fucking christian public school i was the only kid listening to that music they were all listening to that disco and that pop shit and that you know michael jackson and dire straits and all that shit i was the only one i don't even think half the kids in my classes right up to grade eight even fucking knew that like they saw the rock shirts i wore but they had no fucking idea who they were they didn't know who iron maiden was and judas priest and this is the kind of music that my brother was bringing home you know iron maiden i still oh my god i still remember fucking seeing the first iron maiden the first iron maiden album i ever saw was killers which is still my favorite, most favorite Iron Maiden album to this day. Is Iron Maiden Killers. And then all of the old, like I'm not too big of their new shit. Like, you know, after a while, I just never got into their a lot of their newer shit. There's a couple good songs on each album, I think. But I really am not a huge fan of it. I like the older shit. I like the first definitely three albums and then... You know, when Bruce Dickinson took over the singing, I like a lot of his shit. I definitely like a lot of his stuff and a lot of the albums he did. But near as they got into the 90s and shit and past, I just, they kind of lost me and I lost track with them and I just didn't like the music that much. But their older shit is still all of my favorite. And Judas Priest is fucking amazing. I mean, what can you say? Judas Priest, it's a staple in your heavy metal collection. You gotta have them. And that's what I got into. That was, that was what I was listening to. And it just changed my whole life for the better. I just, you you just know when you hear the music that means something to you. Like, you know when a song resonates with you on some level. And, and I've always found that amazing that I've always thought about that too. Like, why do some songs resonate or one style of music resonate with you? And other styles just, you're just like, eww. Fuck, you know, like, you'll never listen to that shit. Like, I get, I, when I hear country, I hear that. Or that fucking dance music. I just, I just, ee! you know, like, I mean, ooh, don't want no part of that. And I just wonder why that is. Why do you, it's just a thing I always think about. Like, why, what made me like heavy metal so much? And I know for when I was six, seven years old, it was definitely the the look. Like, uh, you know, I remember my first real exposure was Kiss and Alice Cooper and their visual bands. You know, they were the, you know, Marilyn Manson stole his shit from them. And he'd tell you that, that he was a, they were heavily, he was heavily influenced by bands like that. And now, you know, you got tons of fucking bands going around wearing makeup and shit. But back when I was younger, the creepy, you know, the really standout creepy bands were, the looks were Alice Cooper, Kiss, and then King Diamond and Merciful Fate. You know, he was doing the makeup too. And now you got bands all over the fucking place dressing like that, you know, like especially out in, in Germany and stuff, those places in Denmark and all over the place, they, the death metal bands, they've all basically fucking robbed that look blind. And then you got the extreme, you know, you got like bands like Guar and shit that they fucking make, you know, they make Kiss look tame with their costumes. It's just in, insane some of those things you get, but I love the visual part of it. That's what I think really the, the fucking heaviness of the music is it when you got your heavy metal cranked, it fucking smashes you in the chest, that bass and the sound. And uh, it's just so big and powerful sounding. And, uh, and there we go. And the more sound effects. You know what I mean? Look, see, 
Well, you gotta add sound effects. There's things all going off in my fucking... Around me. Sorry about that, guys. But that that is basically what I grew up with. And that's what I loved about it. As I said, the it was so... The visual. They were so larger than life. And I've always said that. I've been saying this for years. That there's no big rock stars anymore like that. Like, yeah, you got your fucking, your big pop stars like Lady Gaga and fucking all of that kind of shit. And you got some big rap artists and that. But, I mean, in heavy metal and that you don't have that level of rock star. It's just the bigness of it and, you know, it's not around anymore. And I blame, you know, I blame technology for a lot of that too. When the whole Napster, I was around back then when the file sharing started and, you know, people didn't have to go out and buy albums anymore or buy CDs or cassettes or whatever. They didn't have to do that anymore. You just go on your, you know, it just became digital. You just downloaded it, downloaded your favorite songs. But doing that, I think you lose something doing that. It's not the same as putting a record on. It's not the same. Even CDs, you know, they're great. I have a lot of CDs. And basically, I made that decision that if I have it on CD, I ain't paying for it on vinyl. Unless I find a real fucking good album that's, you know, cheap. It's in good condition and it's pretty cheap. But at 30 bucks a pop, I'm no millionaire. So if I got it on CD, good fucking enough for me. I'll buy the shit, you know, that I don't have on the vinyl if it's an album I really like. But... There's still, even the CD's not the same. It's not the same as putting on a vinyl. And that's what, you know, and maybe it's just because of my age, a nostalgic thing, or, you know, whatever it could be. But it's just getting home with a new album, new record. And I love the album covers. That was another thing that just drew me into it. They were album covers back then were so creative. You know, people made a living out of just designing album covers. People, I talked to my friends and that's what they wanted to do when they grew up. They're like, I'm going to take our class and I'm going to design bands album sleeves. That was actually a business back then. I'm sure it is still now graphic artists and stuff like that. I'm sure there's a small niche out there that does it. But back then, you know, people wanted to do that for a living, design album covers. I know I did. So I've always been an artist and drawn and I was thinking that's what I fucking like. I love to do that, or I love the tattoo, and that was the two things that I, I, when I was growing up, I always said I wanted to do. So I went down the tattooing route recently. In a few last few years, I've been doing that, but it was amazing. The album covers, and oh, I just that is why I want to talk this episode. It's just not really a, you know, it's all over the place, but it's just I want you people to know what the power of music. And if you and I know for years and years I stopped listening to music. Like I, you know, I hear stuff on the radio and that, but I didn't keep up with it. I didn't keep up with the bands. I didn't have it. I wasn't listening to stuff on the regular. And what changed that? There was two things that changed that. One, I got into tattooing. And if anyone there out there that is listening has ever got a tattoo, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the tattoo artists out there they tattoo the music. It's like a must, you know? It's like, you just have to do it. It's like waking up in the morning and making a coffee. It's just something that you do. So when you tattoo, that's when I started listening to a lot of music. But even before that, and during this time, I I was, I started, uh, it's kind of a weird thing. I, I, you know, I kept, I got into music again, too, in a way, because I was reading the, you know, biographies of rock stars, and I, I noticed online that you could get audio books on YouTube and that people would read the books for you on YouTube. So you could be doing whatever you are, cleaning your apartment, driving in the car, whatever, and you could put this on and it was an audio book. And I thought that was fucking, that was a cat's meow to me, man. That was the coolest shit. So that's what got me really into music is because I came across a YouTube channel. And if you guys are big on YouTube, definitely, and you're into music and shit and want to just see a really cool YouTube channel and they don't even know I'm promoting them right now, but this girl is awesome. She's a real down to earth chick, man. She's a real down to earth woman and she's amazing. She's learning how to play guitar. She, you know, and that's an amazing thing in itself. She's rocking out. She loves music 
and she sings and she does poetry and she creates so many different things and but how i found her on youtube and if you want to check out her page it is gypsy rock so gypsy rock go check it out i found her because of the audiobooks she did, the first one I heard her read was uh, Nikki Six, The Heroine Diaries, which is a fucking amazing book. I don't necessarily believe everything he wrote because, I mean, I've known a few heroin addicts in my day and I've seen them and the way these fuckers nod off and, you know, their whole drive for just getting their next fix of heroin and then they shoot up or whatever, they snort up and then they just nod off. I don't know how the fuck he wrote a book or wrote notes or even wrote anything, you know, but hey. It's still a good read. So that's how I found her page. And then, you know, she had other books on there. She's got, like, Duff McKagan, McKagan's book. Uh, his first one. And uh, I listened to that one. And she's read a couple other ones. And that's how I found her channel. And she's a cool fucking chick, man. I'm not lying. She's a rocker, and I love it. And she speaks her mind, and she, she tells her the truth about shit. So if you want to see a cool channel with music and there's poetry on there and audiobooks and everything, check her out. Gypsy Rock, man, you can't go wrong. And that's what I, I'm all about, people that are real. That's what this whole podcast is about, is about being real. So I had to give her a shout out. And definitely check her out because it'll be worth it. You'll see what I mean. She's just super fucking cool. But that was another reason I got into music. Like seeing her love for music sparked the love inside of me which was already getting fanned big time because i was listening to music tattooing and that's when i started going through my cd collection blew the fucking dust off my cds there must have been five inches of dust on these fuckers and so i went and dusted the cds off started listening to music while i was tattooing and then i'd go and check out her youtube page and you just you know when you see somebody that loves something that much and they have that much passion into it. It's contagious. And then I was, you know, I like listening to the Duff McKagan audio book that she read. And the Nikki Six ones, you know, it makes you right away want to go and listen to their music. And that totally sparked that love that I lost for music. And I, I mean, I'm not sure why I lost it. I, I just, I can't think of any specific reason. I just think that I just stopped. I just stopped listening, which is weird. I don't know why, because growing up, it was such a major part of my life. And so I don't know why. I think after I stopped drinking and hanging out at the bars, that's, you know, I was a DJ for a few years. I just think that maybe at that point I was just musicked out maybe and kind of like working out in that environment kind of soured me to the music world a little bit. That might have been part of it. I'm not sure. I haven't really thought about what made me stop listening. But, you know, seeing her page and, and then listening to music while tattooing and talking to my clients about the music they like and enjoying all this music together, that's what sparked it. And I've been on fire ever since. On fire with music, man. I'm telling you, it's an amazing thing. I got that love for music back. I, I can't go a day without listening to some I just can't. It's weird now. I, you know, I think now, like, how did I go all that time without listening to music every day? Like, that's just a weird thing. So I'm. That's what this podcast was about. I want to celebrate my tenth one, but just talking about how I got the fire back for listening to music. How much I love music, and it can change you. I know it makes me feel a lot better after I listen to music that I love. I just, it just, it's just it. It can change your life. And that sounds so corny when you say it that way. But it can. Because it's doing it to me. And now I'm, you know, I'm collecting my vinyl again. And I'm keeping up with my the bands I love. And checking out what they're doing. And now I'm going to have to basically go. Now I'm learning about all the new heavy metal acts that have come along. In the 25 years I've been absent. And... Well, you know, I kind of heard here and there, you'd hear about a band that popped up in that, or you'd hear a popular song on the radio, so, but there's a lot of new heavy metal acts out there, and hard rock acts out there, and a lot of great bands, I just didn't know about them, wasn't paying, wasn't keeping up to date, so it's a whole new adventure just learning about that, and YouTube's great for that, 
going on and you can just type in you know heavy metal bands 2019 or new heavy metal bands or whatever and it, there are tons that come up there's even a whole new glam metal you remember the glam metal scene in the 80s i was huge on that too some of my favorite bands, like I could go with the heavy, heavy metal shit, like Metallica and and Megadeth and uh, Anthrax, all of those bands, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and then on the other flip, on the other side of the coin, I was really big into the into the hair metal. I don't even like to call it hair metal. I just, you know, the just the the style of metal in the '80s because these bands were amazing bands. And they've got tarnished with that fucking ridiculous, oh, they're hair metal, they're a hair metal band, they're hair metal. Whatever, they fucking rocked, and they sold a lot of fucking albums. So, you know, you can say what you want about them, but they were making some serious coin, and a lot of people liked them. And those were the bands like your Poisons, and your Bon Jovi, and uh, what other ones, Warrant, you know, Rat, Skid Row, I mean, there's a th there's hundred of them. And I was big into those bands. Definitely one of my biggest I liked was Poison. Love that band. I love Bon Jovi. Still love both of those bands, actually. I'm not even scared to admit that. I just liked them. Catchy music. I, I, loved the, I loved the catchiness of their music. It was fun. And another you know band I get a kick out of now is Steel Panther. They're just, they make me fucking laugh. These guys are just a fun band. You know, they kind of rib on heavy metal. They rib on the glam scene back then with the glam metal from the 80s and that. And, you know, it's an amazing thing to see. I love them. A lot of people don't like that. They think they're making a mockery of it and stuff. But I think it's just fun. And they're just having fun. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? If you can't listen to the music and have fun, what the fuck's the point? I, that's why I never got into the grunge thing. I just, why do I want to listen to depressing music that's going to make me, I, I listen to music that bring my mood up, I don't listen to it to drag me in the fucking sewer further than I was, and so that, that whole grunge thing, I just never got it, I just never bought into that, I just, and I had a few friends that went down that road, and the, the Nirvana, and all of that shit, and I just, it did not do a thing for me, I was just like, I did, and that's what I used to say to people, I do not need to hear music that depresses me, you know, I have enough problems with depression now, and, you know, life's hard enough growing up when you're a teenager and that, that the last thing you need is that kind of shit, and, and if you like that kind of music, hey, all like I've said about the same thing about disco, all the power to you, you like disco, country, I don't give a shit if it's classical, to each his own, but that don't mean I gotta like it, and so I've never got into that, but... The, eight, the the glam metal scene that was just and I think it was also the same thing that drew me to that the same thing that drew me to Kiss and Alice Cooper drew me to those bands because what were they they were tailor made for the look they looked amazing they had amazing stage shows then MTV came out which was huge you know MTV back then you know there was no stations really doing twenty four hour music videos there was nothing like that I still remember. When that, that, the first day MTV went on the air, I remember that as a kid. And you would go on there and they had, you know, all these videos in the glam scene back then. They were tailor made for fucking videos. They were made for MTV. And that's what, why MTV made these bands blow up. Because they had amazing videos, uh, like cheesy videos, which I love cheesy videos. Especially the 80s glam metal band, uh, fucking videos back then in the 80s and shit they just they were so fucking cheesy they were amazing and that made these bands blow up and they, they were tailor-made for that i still remember that's how i discovered twisted sister when i was just little at that skating rink because that was a big thing was this skating rink in another room in the building they actually had a big tv with fucking mtv on it so you could go in there and back then you could smoke in the fucking uh you know, in that whole building, which was, when I think about now that you could actually smoke back then in buildings and smoke in the mall, at the food court and shit, walking around the mall, you couldn't go into the store, but you could walk through the mall and shit, and in the food court and smoke cigarettes, in restaurants, and you can't even smoke in a bar now, you can't even smoke in a bingo hall, like, what the fuck, and like, smoking in bingo, like, that's a, that, that's staple, you know, and then not being able to drink at a bar, 
That's just fucked up. That's what made, I think that's what made me quit drinking, to be honest. I think it was the hangovers and a lot of it, but you can't smoke. I think I go outside to have a cigarette every time I want to smoke when I'm drunk. And I smoke like a chimney. You might as well fucking serve me outside. And then they're like, well, you know, at first you could smoke on a patio. And then, you know, in the city and all their fucking wise uh, decisions, you can't smoke on a patio. So you're in a you're at a bar outside in the fucking patio out in the open air. You know, you're not in a building and you still can't smoke. So I know when they put that rule in, the bingo halls took a shit kicking. The bars have taken a shit kicking. And probably even restaurants. I'm thinking there's a lot of people that are old school like me are like, fuck that. If I can't sit back after a meal and enjoy a smoke, then fuck you. I ain't going in. But I can definitely say the non-smokers fucking, they, they won that one. They won that war because, you you know, they're making it so you can't smoke anywhere. Not even in your own, you know, you rent an apartment now. You can't even smoke in the apartment apparently. Which is fucking crazy, you know. Like you're paying all that money for rent. You can't even have a cigarette in your own apartment. Fuck them. Fuck them. Evict me for fucking smoking. Go ahead. But speaking of smokes, I'm gonna have one. <laughs> so yeah, that that's basically my thoughts for today. And I still, as I was saying, remember like at the roller rink, seeing that's how I discovered Twisted Sister. I want to get back to that. I remember seeing that because of the importance. I think you people don't realize the importance of a, what a, a video did for a band back then. It saved a band like probably five years of hard touring. Just having, if they had a good song and a kick-ass video, it would save that band like five years of hard touring and traveling around the country to make their name. You just needed a fucking good video. And you would be like a nobody one day and within a, a week you were a fucking rock star. And that's how quick it happened. People don't believe me now when I tell them that. They're like, no, bands takes years to blow up. No, it, it fucking not back then. Not when MTV came out. Oh, hell no. You blew up fucking like crazy. And I saw it. That's how I discovered Twisted Sister. Fucking their I Wanna Rock fucking video. I remember sitting in that room watching MTV and seeing that video and another fucking see, i'm attracted to these crazy bands that are decked right out and you know you look at d snyder he's got the big poofy blonde hair and the ugly woman makeup on and shit and a fucking cool costume and i was like holy fuck and i remember as soon as i got home i'm like mom i gotta go get that twisted sister album like that's how it was you'd see a band on the video on mtv and if you liked them you would run out and buy their fucking album and I did. I went out and bought their album, Stay Hungry. That's how I discovered them. And they got huge because of those videos. All those bands did. All of those bands. And it wasn't just heavy metal bands that got big. They got big. Even like, you know, you had Boy George and fucking Wham and all these god-awful fucking bands. Cindy Lauper was huge back then. All because of the power of these videos. And I see that kind of coming back now, but on like on multimedia, like on YouTube and shit. You see bands like now, they don't have to do a big production on TV now. They can do a cool YouTube video probably for a lot less. Put that out there and, you know, they can put their music on YouTube and they're getting discovered that way. So, you know, the music is definitely, the industry is changing for sure, especially because you can just download an album now. You hear a song you like, you within five seconds, you can just download the song you like or download the whole album. And, but it's not the same as going out and buying the record and being excited to get home to put it on the turntable and shit. That, to me, that's just to me. I'm just probably an old fuck. What do I know? If I was a younger, you know, younger generation and I was, you know, 16, 15, 17, even 20 now, I'd probably be balls deep in the fucking downloading, just downloading the album. Or downloading the song I want. I'd probably be the same as all you guys that are, that are doing that. I'm not. I'm just saying it's probably because of the, a lot of people that get in the vinyl. It's because it was something they did when they were younger. I don't know. I'll have to ask the guy that I buy my second my at the record store that I go to. Like, how many young people come in? I know I've been in that shop probably four times, and everybody I see come in are like people my age, and a little maybe a little younger, but. I haven't seen any, like, teenagers in there or fucking, you know, kids in their 20s. At least not when I've been there. So I think it may... Who knows? Maybe it's an old fuck thing. I don't know. I'm glad I got back into it. I'm surprised at the price of them. 
when I heard thirty fucking dollars for an album, I was like, Jesus Christ! I used to pay seven ninety nine when I was a kid, six ninety nine. You got a double album, which was two albums. You know, you'd pay maybe like nine ninety nine, eleven ninety nine, and that was a lot of money back then for an album, like eleven ninety nine. But thirty fucking dollars, man! Woo! And then I thought, well, what's the second hand one go for? Twenty twenty five. You might as well buy the new one. But amazing. So I'm just telling people, that's what this point of this is. I want to talk about it for my 10th episode. If you haven't listened to music seriously in a while, give it a go, man. Listen to, Start back listening like I did to the old shit that you remember. The, that, the music that you remember listening to when you were young. Or, you know, the stuff that moved you. The stuff that changed, rocked your world. And go from there. That fire will spark again. I if you had it back then, it's still in you. So that's why that's why I want to talk about this and talk about something positive and fun for episode ten. I didn't want to talk about another depressing. I've had enough episodes in a row of deep talking and depressing stuff, and I wasn't going to do it for my little milestone of episode ten. It's a small little teeny step that I took, a little milestone, but it's something. And I'm here and I'm doing it, and I'm here and I'm having a great time and I'm here for you guys as much as for myself I want to just tell people how I'm thinking and see if they're thinking the same way so I just want to you know thank everybody once again for hanging in with me and listening to my episodes you have no idea how much I appreciate it how much I I really really appreciate you guys sharing my podcast sharing it with your friends that's all you got to do if you think i got some cool content tell your friends about it tell them how to check out my podcast send them a share a link a link do whatever you got an idea for an episode hit me up email me hit me up on instagram we can go from there but i definitely want your guys input this show is all about everybody communicating everybody's got a voice here and I just want to thank you all for listening, making episode 10 a lot of fun for me to talk about and sharing this with me. I want you all to have a great day. And I want you to remember the world is in a rough place right now. And I want to end by saying that. Just try to make it a little better for somebody in your life. Try to make it even better for a stranger. Do something good for somebody. Is it gonna? It's not going to kill you, and it's going to make you feel good about yourself. It's going to make you feel good. It's going to make their fucking day. It's a win-win. Try to love everybody a little more. Try to be kind to each other a little more, because this world needs healing. People need healing, and that's how we're going to do it. I want to thank you all once again. Have a great day. Have a great night. This is Crip Rick, and I will be getting a hold of his next podcast, so make sure you check it out. I'm going to be here every Monday and Thursday, dropping an episode for sure. And I may even do episodes on the side. So make sure you check out often, check out my page often, and make sure that you're not missing anything. Have a great day, guys. Thank you all for listening, and I will be talking to you shortly. Take care.